The following is a production of cprundown.com. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this podcast are those of the individual and not of any affiliated companies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rundown on Fun, a weekly podcast covering the Cedar Fair Entertainment Company, the amusement industry, and the business of fun. Here are your hosts, Karsten Anderson, Evan Schultz, and Kyle Hu. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Rundown on Fun, a weekly podcast where we cover Cedar Fair, Cedar Point, and everything to do with fun. And this is going to be kind of a interesting episode um as you all know the last episode we had was coaster con and hi if you don't recognize my voice my name is kyle i used to host this show Uh, welcome back yeah you know i wasn't there uh but here we are to kick off season two so tonight we're going to be talking about uh kind of some industry news mostly relating to cedar fair that we've either forgotten about or not necessarily forgotten about but just haven't hit due to scheduling conflicts um, and then later on in the show, we are going to be having Eric from the Lost Island theme park on to talk about their new park. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about what we have planned for tonight. And let me just start off by saying that, you know, don't get me wrong. I love the summers. I love when the parks are open. But this is one of my least favorite times of the year just because we're in those dog days of summer you know the the special events at the beginning of the season are over we're after the fourth of july it's not quite hot yet everybody their heads aren't really in what's going on right now we're all thinking about haunt and next year's plans and speaking of those next year plans we have some interesting information about the coaster at cedar point that used to be named top throw dragster yes the coaster formerly known as dragster I think that might be the last time we say that <laughs> probably not but i was gonna say yeah yeah definitely the construction is going full full tilt full full steam ahead uh, i was able to ride iron dragon and power tower yesterday just to try to get like a, a glimpse of, of what was going on and try to paint a picture for you guys but currently they've got I'll, be, I'll, I'll start off with like the easy stuff and more complicated stuff and whatever um, afterwards. So anyway, they're starting to paint the the tower, the actual lift tower that's yellow. They're starting to paint it gr- like a smoke gray. And then they're also painting the track that was like red and white or red, all red or whatever on the drop side. Uh, they're starting to paint that track like we talked about it, Evan. It was like a drop of like that that smoke gray color <laughs> into the white yeah. paint because it's just a little bit off. It's not like pure yeah. white, but it's like white if you just see it by itself. So yeah, so it, we we were able to see it uh, probably a couple of weeks ago where they had painted some of the the white track, this new white, but it was it lead, led up to some of the old color still. And yeah, like Kirsten said, it's the the old white is white for sure, but in this new color, it's like, okay, we have this this just, you know, clean white color, but we're going to take a drop of that charcoal <laughs> or smoke gray that yeah. we're using for the supports and just toss it in the bucket and make it just, just, just a, the slightest bit, a little bit of gray in there. And it looks yep. really, really sleek. I, really I don't sleek. know if that's, we don't know if that's the full, <laughs> like if that's primer or if yeah, that's like, the real stuff. could be primer, but you know. I mean, yeah, and I was going to say Cedar Point keeps coming out with with a bunch of teases. By the way, they keep tweeting whenever they tweet about said Top Flow Dragster. They keep tweeting it at four 
uh, 20 p.m. I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but every single time they tweet, it's at 4.20 p.m. They're also, they have a hashtag called CP24PHP. And Evan and I, in the last podcast, talked about that. So we won't talk about it a whole lot. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, stay tuned to all the crazy pictures that we'll have on CP Brown Show and the, the painting. And they just obviously started doing um new track replacement well quote unquote new we don't know if it's new or if it's the old um top level dragster track that got painted and redone or something we're not sure on that but they started but painting that being reinstalled yeah being yeah being reinstalled, being reinstalled. <laughs> with with the white um paint or off-white paint and it goes all the way until pretty much um i when i got on on power tower i was able to see how far it extended it got all the way until the the beginning of the planter that they used to have like right around where the bleachers were where the tree is and stuff you can still see see where the tree is and everything okay like right around probably maybe the start of the bleachers going towards the um the tower so some somewhere around there so there's a there's a there's a lot of street like half the break run done yeah yeah but the park did when when they did release you know and say hey we're installing new track whatever this is what they this is what they said and i quote it says finish question mark Nah, fam. We're just getting started with a race car emoji and a and a room sign or something. So yeah. So, and then just to play on the teasers or whatever, there was like um I think like last week or the week before or something they they posted that there was like painting going on with the white paint or whatever, and then they had like um and like a a spaceship and like a rocket ship and things like that. So they're playing into the yeah. race theme and well, also the the uh, theme of of space so and that picture that they posted more more recently with the uh, nafam which <laughs> made me actually laugh out loud yeah so right yeah and cool so so if like it's the, little, the young kids so if it's so if it's um you know i'm i'm super curious on this whole thing. and the finish line is still there they made a they made a big i guess right. a big deal of making sure the finish line was the focal point of that most recent tweet so yeah yeah so definitely know. You know, definitely stay tuned to our Facebook page because we'll have a ton of photo updates uh, daily-ish or so. I know, really nerdy, um, uh, getting and more nerdy. Um, there was a guy that was on one of the man lifts, and he was actually wrenching down all of the boats, bolts, and checking all the bolts on the tower and stuff, and just making sure they're super tight. Evan, I sent you the video. I'll probably post it. Maybe maybe on our YouTube page or something. It's like a minute long or so, but you can see kind of like what the park and what parks do, pretty much to you know like an off season or whatever, just to kind of show off like you know, hey, this is kind of like what we do in the off season, but you get to see it like up close and personal. Um, and then really quick, they actually started Evan. You, I don't think you've seen this, but they started putting a bunch of foundation and a bunch. It looks like concrete's going to be ready-ish, and it's like pretty much where the turn was um for like where former, you used to exit yeah yeah so like your unload platform kind of thing but it's a real tight turn which is interesting like a real tight like like almost like a mm -hmm. c and it looks like it's like turning almost really close into like whatever station foundation is there so it's not like super into it it's like a really tight turn so i was riding with kyle and sierra and i was like do you guys have any idea like and they were like this this just keeps getting more confusing and more confusing so i i wonder if it's such a tight turn at the at the old exit to maybe make the load area like where the ramps into the load station used to be 
And then where the load station used to be, we'll be like, okay, this is where you transfer over to get on the spike, you know, maybe something like that. That's kind of the vision I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm super, super, super excited about it. And I mean, hey, announcement season so. is like a month away. Like it, it very well. National Roller Coaster Day is what, August 16th? We're, we're recording this on July 13th. So we're a month and three days till, till what could be. I mean, I'm not saying the announcement is going to be the 16th of August, but that tends to be like one of the big amusement park announcement days. So we're, we're getting close here. It, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yep. Yep. For sure. And I mean, I think that that's about all there is to say about Dragster, but the park did make a little announcement. What was that yesterday or the day before? About oh, I think it yeah. was two days ago. A menu item two days ago. Okay. To a new, they didn't really go into great detail about the food, but a new menu at the Grand Pavilion. Evan, you want to talk about the food since you're, you're well, a foodie? Yeah, I can. Um, so basically, they're doing breakfast now. Um, that's really all that they, they said they're doing breakfast sandwiches. And that they're going to be on the dining plan before anybody asks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they're they're from 9 a.m. till 11 a.m., which is awesome for those early entry folk. Um, they'll be able to get breakfast and a bunch of like you know breakfasty alcoholic beverages like mimosas and whatnot. Yep. And um, oh, it sounded like you know like your standard like you know maybe egg ham and cheese or egg sauce sausage cheese type Maybe sandwiches egg and stuff Benedict like that. or something yeah um something. probably nothing super crazy but i think it's really awesome to have a breakfast food on this on the meal plan because i think yeah. maybe not necessarily us but we know a good portion of people that maybe get there for early entry and then leave the park at like four so that makes it super convenient yeah. for them to get some breakfast get a second meal you know for lunch and then go home and do whatever they do so i, I think that's really cool it's a really good option and I probably won't use it very much because if I'm there for early entry, I'm probably there all day and I don't want yep. to blow a meal plan that early, but Hey, it's a, it's a good option. And I think a lot of people, especially staying at breakers are going to take advantage of it. I was going to say, they're also adding a vegetarian option too. Um, they announced that and they're going to have like, like seasonal fruit cups and creamy pesto pasta and home style buttermilk biscuits, um, smashed uh fry yeah, this, red potatoes yeah this is a farmhouse Just... oh sorry yes sorry <laughs> I, I did not yes and then also um herbs uh herb um citrus brussels sprouts so there's they're definitely i know a lot of people are like do you don't have anything for vegetarians or yeah. you know a b c and d well they're starting to hit those which is really cool so like maybe you know wild turnip obviously isn't open this year and so a lot of people have been asking, like, where can I go? Where can I go? Well, there's yeah. two, you know, so, yeah. It, it seems like there's, um, you know, what Carson just mentioned, some of that stuff has been on the menu for a good while, but they're just kind of bringing more attention to it now, um, which is good. And I think I forget what the other restaurant was. Maybe Grand Pavilion? No, it was um, it was Miss Keats. They mentioned the vegetarian options there, too. I okay. think it was Miss Keats. I don't know. They made a like a nice little graphic post about like, hey, here's the here's the vegetarian options at these two restaurants. So like, go try them out and stop asking us questions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's really that's really good to see for us non cow eating friends. <laughs> right. 
Um, so we're kind of blowing through the news today because we got we want to be ready to go to give our interview with Lost Islands GM here, Eric, uh, enough time. But so it's going. The, the next big thing is, of course, I don't think we mentioned it at all here, but Theory Three Two Five had its crack <laughs> and it's been closed for a couple weeks now. And the news yeah. there is that, Car- well, first off, Carowinds has been super transparent about everything that's going on, which is awesome. They've gone in great detail about what BNM, the coasters manufacturer, is doing and what the park is doing and what the state is doing as far as inspections and this and that. Um, they're replacing the support. And as of this recording, I believe they are like, like literally as we are speaking, they are welding the new support that replaced the cracked one back into place. And what will follow that is they said 500 cycles as yep. the, and it's not going to be just, we're going to send it 500 times and everything's great. We're going to go. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll send it a few times. They'll check the new support. They'll send it a few more times. This and that. And they cor- do a whole host of other tests. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the beginning of the season at all of these Cedar fair parks, isn't 500 the number that it needs to run before it can be commissioned by the state? I actually think it it's depends. a lower number than that. It depends on what ride. Um, I think that I thought it was like around a hundred cycles or so. If like the yeah. the ride or something hasn't been touched at all, and it's the same thing pretty much from last year. But I thought I heard something like if they have to replace a chain, okay, or you know whatever they have to run. Yeah, it, it might it might vary on what was like. Like Carson said, if the chain was replaced or or yeah, I don't know, a support I, was I, replaced. Or, I could be wrong, but um, I seem to remember a couple years ago um, on like it was when they still did passholder preview night before opening day, um, mm-hmm. and I remember that Millennium Force was not open, and I the, remember that. yeah, and the employee out front had said something about oh we have to run it five hundred times, um, <laughs> but maybe that wasn't the number or maybe. He was just blowing yeah, smoke. That, for whatever reason, I have 100 stuck in my head. Okay. But um, I've, I've also, I've also heard, 300 in my head, too. So, I, yeah. And I've also heard recently, I mean, I mean, none of this is what we're, none of what we're speaking is fact. This is just what we've heard in you just know, hearsay. The grapevine. But I've also heard like it's got to run just like X amount of consecutive hours without a major fault or something mm-hmm. like that. That would make um, sense. You know, like, you know, okay, a sensor might miscommunicate and put the ride down, but like nothing like, I don't know. I don't know what a major fault would be, but like something out of the ordinary, just some, yeah, know, the little breakdowns that happen every day. It's like, okay, we're cool, but as long as it can get running for a consistent amount, of, I don't know. There's a lot that goes into that, but it seems like whatever Carowinds is doing is much more extensive than just like off season commissioning for the upcoming year. So that's really good. Um, so they'll do those 500 laps. BNM is going to come in and and recertify it, and then they said a third party is going to come and inspect it's, it too. Yeah. I can only imagine that'll be the state of whichever state Fury is in. I don't know. If maybe it's both. North or South. I mean, it's in both both states, so maybe you know. Both I states. think they go by where the station is. Uh, yeah, I was to say, I believe at Carowinds they go by where the station is, which for Fury would be North Carolina. I believe North. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah. So there's a lot going into it. Carowinds has been super transparent, which is really awesome and just kind of <laughs> good to see. I mean, we as enthusiasts, I, I don't want to sound conceited, but we know better. Like we know that this 
Who's gonna I don't even want to make light of it, but it, it's right. it's it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal that nobody's life was at risk. But it's good to see. There's know, a lot the of what's nice with B and M. There's a lot of, and all, also all the coaster manufacturers and ride manufacturers. There's a lot of fail safes. So like, if something were to fail, there's a lot of like things yeah. in place that there's other supports there that were holding up that piece of track. Um, right. But to the general public, and I'm going to put this as nicely as I can. They don't know what we know. <laughs> right. So they see, oh my god, a roller coaster support cracked. We were all going to die if we rode that. <laughs> right. And I mean, I'm never going to ride a coaster at Carowinds again. But Carowinds my, is doing everything they can to like, hey, everything's cool. Yeah. My, You'll be okay. My thought in this matter, regardless if if you're a roller coaster enthusiast or not, is I mean that is scary. I mean it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's freaky as hell to look at. I mean, had I been there. I don't think I would have felt that my immediate safety was in danger, but I don't think the issue with this happening is so much how the park responded or everything that's going into it, but how it got like this to begin with, I think is the more concerning aspect of, I don't want to call this an accident because accidents usually imply that someone got hurt. So I guess I'll use incident, but I mean, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but people were posting pictures that they took probably during CoasterCon, you know, when, <laughs> when you were all there and yeah. you, you know, you can see, Oh, it's starting to form. Yeah. How yeah. did this run for eight days before we caught it? You know, that's the concerning yeah. thing. And I, th- yeah, I true. think that should scare anybody regardless of if you're an enthusiast or not. Again, scare might not be the right word because like, like Concern. you said, there's so it many, might, it might, you know, it might come and they might come out with like a new safety thing where they'll, you know, just walk and do a visual inspection now of, you know, harder support every day or something yeah. harder. Maybe not like, you know, like a support well, that's literally just like doing nothing per, per se. That was part of their initial statement was that they're going to start using drones to fly around to the high, high to reach or and Kyle's got high, his drone. hard to reach areas. Yeah, Kyle's um, got just, his drone license, so yeah. uh, Kyle's gonna <laughs> go apply for that job. And I, I have also a really, used to do really, really cool job. <laughs> I, I also used to do inspections. I know exactly what they're gonna be looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, and so, and so I mean, yeah, I mean, we've got the technology, and the parks obviously close when they inspect and do that. I mean, I don't see you know, I don't see any issue. And I, I want to point out too to that while it is concerning that it's like, wow, how did it get to that point? That people have this idea that the track is walked every single day and every nut and bolt is inspected every single day on a steel roller coaster look at that ride there's no catwalks that's impossible they aren't doing that every single day so it's this isn't the last time that those supports were probably looked at that closely was probably the off season and fury didn't really have an off season but so my point is that it, it the last time it was looked at that closely was probably like over the winter like you said but it's not so like many... oh my god carowinds is 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 mal you know there's malpractice going on there yeah. carowinds isn't taking care of their rides it's not that. no i mm-hmm. don't think that's an issue and you know to kind of jump back on what i was saying earlier there are so many redundancies in place that nobody was in any actual real danger at that time had they put 500 cycles on it maybe that's a different story yeah then we'll talk <laughs> right but um I don't know. It's just, it's odd to me that in obviously such a guest facing area and somewhere that so many people have view of this, be it employees who one know it's an issue or don't, you know, there's so many eyes 
that could have been on that for that week or however long this yep. crack mm-hmm. has been developing. And it, I guess it's just a little concerning to me that nobody spotted it. But again, I don't know how to feel because, I mean, r- roller coasters, specifically steel, being welded every night when everybody goes home, that's not an uncommon issue. I mean, those supports are welded all the time on some steel we coasters. We saw that with Magnum a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, and yeah. When, when Wicked Twister opened, they were up there every night welding those supports. Mm-hmm. I mean, that much isn't the issue. I guess it's just how it got to be that bad before somebody of power or somebody who knew what they were looking at knew it was an issue. Yeah. And I guess in, in some ways, like, thank God it was over a, the main entrance. <laughs> like, Right. And I don't yeah. want to I don't want to sound like I'm being negative on the part because I'm, I'm totally not the way that they've handled this. I mean, it, it's a pure class act. And in every sense of how they've handled it from, you know, closing the ride, inspecting it, getting new supports manufactured, being super transparent with both yep. the general public and enthusiasts and everybody else in the industry to prevent an accident from this like happening again has been like world class and I'm like a master class in how to handle something like this. Yeah. So I I don't want to fault the park. I don't want to act like I'm scared or concerned to go on these kind of rides. It's just to me it, it has me scratching my head of how it truly got to that point. Yeah. And I mean to 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 your point too Kyle like I think I was at Cedar Point like the day after this came out or maybe a day after or whatever or two days later, it doesn't matter. Very soon after this, this, this news broke. And I'm, I'm looking at the Cedar point B and I was like, Hmm, that support looks a lot like the one on fury <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, and, and I think probably the park is doing that too. I think, I think all the parks are now like, uh, you know what, there's maybe some more things we should be doing here. And, and thank God nothing happened. You know, nobody got hurt. Everything was fine. The ride was running as it should be uh, otherwise. And they just closed it and everything was okay. And, you know, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this will like be an eye-opening experience and and really drive home more safety measures going forward. And yeah, really avoid anything bad happening. You know, I, I don't want to get into it um, uh, too much, but there has been accidents in the industry and mostly mostly recently in Sweden that could have been avoided. And so maybe you know this is something like that that could have been avoided, and that it's or more things like this will be avoided because of this, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the news that we have uh, scheduled for this week. Let's go ahead and welcome Eric from the lost Island theme park onto the show. Eric, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Hey, thanks for inviting me guys. All right. So could you just start out by telling us uh, super basic kind of who you are, what your role is at the park and we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm the general manager at Lost Island Theme Park, and uh, I got in that role because the park, as well as our sister facility, Lost Island Water Park, are both family-owned properties that we uh, started with the water park in 2001 and experienced some pretty good success with that and decided uh, around 2018 to finally pull the trigger on this theme park idea and uh, kind of throw all the chips on the table and see if we could turn Waterloo into a little bit more of a destination spot. And uh, because 
COVID kind of ruined a lot of things. I fell into the role of uh, overseeing the park operation because we were having a real hard time finding anybody else that wanted to come run the place in in Iowa. So oh, wow. uh, I am doing the best I can with my water park background to make sure that this theme park runs smoothly. All right, okay. that's super cool. Um, so Lost Island is known for its pretty extensive theming. I mean, everything I've seen online on Twitter and you know Facebook and all the channels I follow, it just seems like this super immersive, super detailed park, which is awesome because mm -hmm. you, outside of you know the big players, you don't normally see that, and it's really refreshing to see. Could you tell us a little bit of the story behind all of that theming? Of course. Uh, so when we decided to make this this investment in our community, um, the the thing that we wanted to make sure there was an emphasis on is the level of theming because we do have a, a number of amusement parks that are within our uh, target market. And we knew that all of these other established parks would just be far too much competition if we tried to get into that same niche and so we leaned hard into the theming with the water park and that uh that was a, a good move for us and we we feel that it's an important part of the park experience uh that that's why disney and universal are are so successful and mm -hmm. it's definitely uh an area of the attractions industry that is lacking in the midwest and so absolutely oh yeah the the reason for the the heavily uh heavily themed amusement park was we we knew that the average um attractions visitor is quite a bit different than a water park visitor where in the water park world you have season pass holders and also just day visitors that are coming for the ambiance. They just want to lay out on a deck chair and listen to the waves and kids having fun. And maybe they'll mm -hmm. dip their toes in the water, but it's mostly just about laying out and getting a tan. So it's, it's really easy to get repeat visitors because if they like the vibe, they're going to come back at sure. in an amusement park. <clears throat> you have people at at Six Flags or uh, um, uh, even the Cedar Fair parks that people are there to ride the rides or maybe eat some of the food and then get out. There, it's coaster credits, and then you <laughs> never see those people again. And what we wanted to try to capture were those repeat visitors that the the big players in Orlando see where there are diehard fans that will go half a dozen times in a, in one year just for the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it's less about the rides. I mean, the rides are, are still very important, but it, they, they have a connection with those facilities that are just missing from amusement parks. So we spent, a lot of years trying to come up with our own uh our own ip and the reason for that is that i mean we're not on a 
a Disney budget. And so the idea <laughs> <Yeah>. of, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the idea of utilizing some existing IP has a lot of negatives attached to it. I mean, there's no guarantee that it would still be popular by the time the park opened. And you are kind of beholden to that IP that everything has to go according to their specs. And so it can cause a lot of delays to construction as well, because everything has to get approved. So we decided once we made the decision that, you know what, theme park is the direction that we want to go. It was really a, a pretty easy decision to say, well, we have to develop something that is going to captivate audiences in a way that makes them want to return and have a, a connection with our space as well. And the challenge has been that we are reverse engineering that theme park idea. Normally the IP already exists. People are familiar with it. They've mm -hmm. read the Harry Potter books. They've seen the Disney movies. Then the world gets created because people already like that existing media. We created all of that backstory uh, for ourselves to inform the design decisions of the park. But we now have to kind of uh, deliver it to the guests on the back end okay. by mm -hmm. uh, through our companion app is the first way and then we'd like to get a novel written and some other ancillary parts oh, that's uh, cool we, just that's that's the direction that we're trying to go okay so i i don't think any of our listeners are very familiar um with the specifics of lost island do um can you go into what that theming is like what the what the story is oh sure okay so <clears throat> the idea of the park was kind of based on islands of adventure in terms of making the park uh breaking the park up into five different realms so we have a a children's area where all the rides are geared towards people under 42 inches tall and that's the spirit realm so everything in there is uh, mushrooms and bright colors and it's kind of like a Cirque du Soleil meets uh, Candyland drug trip bright <laughs> colors and uh, fun little stuff. kids like bright colors so yeah right <clears throat> so then you will move uh, past that area that's also where our kind of the magical guardians of the park are located they're called tamariki which is a maori word for children so we have these little sprites around the park that are uh, depicted in sculptures and then also on the app they guide people through the their journey through the park then you go into an air realm that has a lot of uh, adobe architecture that is supposed to simulate clouds it looks like okay. the buildings from star wars on the moon hoth uh, <laughs> and so in the air realm all of the rides in that area the riders feet are off the ground so we have okay. a gerslar oh, okay. skyfly there's a zamperla dream uh sorry uh family swinger and then our slc as well as a shot and drop from sns and then you, as you go through, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So you also will have a, we, we developed a themed queue for the drop tower. And the reason for that was it's 
it's a ride that many people have been on, uh, but it's another way for us to tell the story of the park without there just being signs that you have to read along the way. So when you're going to the drop tower, you go through a number of different rooms that tell you about how the people from the air realm used to have a, a, a floating island and it crashed to the ground mysteriously. And if you care to find out about how that happened, you can do that, but it doesn't impact your ability to enjoy your visit. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that, there's a pre-show that you watch where they talk about the characters talk about how they're trying to regain technology to get them back into the sky and that you're about to ride one of their prototype uh, inventions and it doesn't <laughs> oh, really cool. go as planned. <laughs> okay. All so right. you're taking an otherwise kind of standard ride and really making it stand out. Correct. And that's really we, cool. We do that in a couple other places throughout the park. So after the air realm, you move into water, <clears throat> which is an homage to the water park. The architecture is very similar with thatched roofs and lots of bl- blues and greens. And mm-hmm. many of the wa- the rides in this realm are based around water. Uh, we have a zero flying fish that has <laughs> some water in the center. There, we have an interlink water battle ride, so it's like Zamperla battle boats. Uh, then we have a a teacup ride that's themed out like water, and um, our Ferris wheel is on the island that, that has a really great view of the the lake and the surrounding park. So, okay. uh, after that, you go into our Earth realm, which has the launch coaster and uh some spin zone bumper cars and our flume ride. Uh, And each of the realms has their own kind of backstory and uh, culture, which uh, we bring out again in the, um, the earth realm flume ride also has a themed queue that as you walk through, you kind of learn about they, their uh, past as, sort of over eager industrialists and there's a little bit of a conservation message in that area mm-hmm. and then the end of your journey is in the fire realm which is uh really dominated by this giant volcano structure that hides our sally dark ride which is really the the climax of your journey through the park because if you've been following along in the companion app and the videos that you unlock as you go through each realm it's telling you that this is the showdown with the park villain that's trying to burn burn down the island oh Oh, nice that's up to you that's cool to to save the island and so uh that so obviously people can walk through the park however they want but the idea is okay we have this app and we're going to follow along on our phone and it's really the phone. My phone is really going to help me tell the story as I walk through the whole circle of the park. Exactly. Okay. And like I said, I mean, it's not a, it's not a necessary component, but for people who enjoy going down those rabbit holes, it's the the first step. Uh, we also have this year we've added themed uh, a cast of characters that are originally from the app that we've brought to life. And so instead of a Disney princess, we have these nine residents of Lost Island Hmm. that represent each of the realms that 
each have different interactions with guests. They have different interactions with each other. And so you you see them throughout the park <clears throat> and they are just another element that make the space more immersive. And that's they've so been cool. very popular. That's cool. That sounds really cool. That's, that's, that's something very I wish immersive. We, yeah, I, I wish that's the, I, I hope that's something that more regional parks look at and say, hey, us as a regional park, we can do this. This is this is something we can handle and start seeing that everywhere. Not to take steal your thunder, but you know, that's that's a trend that I think a lot of people would like to see in the industry. Well, uh, we'd be happy to <laughs> talk to other parks about doing that as long as they're not too close by. <laughs> okay, yeah, so see the point question mark. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because they they could you know we could all use some more theming here and there, right? but all yeah, this theming. sounds really cool. Yeah, it sounds really. Like, can you fun. download the app outside of the park and make any Absolutely. sense of it from outside of the park? Yes, you can. So it's just called Lost Island Adventure Guide, and it's available on Android and iOS. You'll get to watch the opening uh, kind of introductory video that just gives you a very brief summary of the park and then most of the other features are going to be locked but because you have to uh kind of gain access to them as you explore the park okay but mm -hmm. the one the one area that you do have access to anywhere is the quiz feature which is a good way to just kind of learn about the lore and backstory that was <laughs> that we spent a lot of time <laughs> creating <laughs> To... That sounds cool, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm like, let's Evan, Kyle, let's jump on a plane. And... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and I said that sounds like my bedtime reading tonight, too. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did um, this. I don't know if you guys remember Kyle and Carson, but the a couple of the Cedar Fair Parks did something called Battle for Cedar Point. Oh, yeah. Or Kings Island or Kings Dominion. And that was probably done too early in the technology world because phones really couldn't keep up with that i'm sure technology is advanced did you know about that did you not i'm not trying to say you copied but like did you see that idea like hey that's cool we're gonna really let's take that and run with it like that's an awesome starting point so it's interesting that you bring that up evan because we use the same developer that developed <laughs> there we go that <laughs> okay and and we found them independently from Cedar Point. So we we saw this the uh, app developer at IAPA okay. uh, speaking at a seminar just about the idea of using technology to to integrate with a guest experience and you know an interactive map. And that was really the the catalyst because we were just starting to get going on our theme park development. That's cool. In, in earnest. And we okay. said, hey, we want you to develop an app for us, but we we also need it to be more than a tool that people can use to find what rides are the right height. We need it to also have a gamification element. And they said, well, it's interesting you say that. We just did something <laughs> like that for Cedar Point. And we said, right. yes, yes, that, but better. And so right. we, yeah, we, uh, instead of having it glommed on, which tends to happen a lot where a park is existing and they want to do something, but 
it's going to be prohibitively expensive to do the whole park. You know, you end up with this one ride that is the battle for Cedar Point, And then this one ride over here is like cowboy themed. And then this ride yeah. over here is something else. Yeah. And so that was, that was another thing that we wanted to avoid is the park needed to have a cohesive story and everything needed to make sense instead of this is one thing and this is another, and then we'll try to come up with a weird way to tie the two areas together. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. I was going to say really quick, does um like your, your guys' story and your characters and everything, was that all like family written and came up with and everything? Or did you guys like hired like a third party source and they kind of like came up with like the story and the characters and, and everything? Oh, Karsten, we did that all by ourselves Okay, in a, in a vacuum. And so it was extremely nerve wracking to get to the point where we put this out there because we, we were basically working in an echo chamber. So it was me and my wife and my parents were somewhat involved, but mostly okay. me and my wife just saying, well, what about this idea? Yeah. And then we'd float it to to gary and becky and they'd either say ah oh, no the, the, we don't like that or oh, yeah that could work and so about six years of that before we finally said okay this is the final product we're sticking wow. with this and then we just that's crossed so cool. our fingers that yeah that's people so were really, gonna like it that's really cool for you guys like like it really is all of your ideas come to life like that's yeah it's 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 Walt Disney esque almost in a way. Like it's like a blank slate and let's create I don't know, build the build the rhino and you know, and we'll just go, <laughs> go from there. You know, what does Bill like to do? He likes to go to amusement parks and he likes to sit in the shade. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's cool. Yep. <laughs> that's super, super cool. That's cool. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, that's super, well thank you. Really cool, actually. Yeah. So this next question you might not be able to fully answer and you also might not know the answer yourself, but does your park have kind of a rough, uh, you know, five-year plan or maybe, you know, a two-year plan that you could maybe share a little insight on of things we might be able to look forward to in the coming years? Well, uh, we're, like most places, we like to keep things yeah. a surprise until we get a little closer. What Makes I can sense. tell you is that the park has been built in a way that all of the realms except for the water realm <clears throat> have space for at least two major attractions okay and we we have penciled in a few of those so we're definitely if you know anything about the water park um when that first was built in 2001 we we had a lot more free cash then but mm -hmm. we were doing an expansion every other year until the the attendance sort of plateaued in 2010, which was sort of the impetus for the the discussion about a theme park because mm -hmm. we felt like we'd saturated the the number of visitors that would visit the water park, and we were trying to figure out a way of bringing more tourism to the area. Okay. So, knowing that, the two to five year plan is we need to grow our attendance to the point where we are self-sustaining like the water park is. And yeah. then we plan to be making additional investments. And the, the thing that 
we will definitely be doing every year is continuing to add to the immersive theming element. And while that may not be a big deal to the coaster credit folks, uh, it does add to the overall experience. So when we opened the park last year, it was delayed and some of the rides weren't ready because of issues with supply chain. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. And we also had a fire that burned down the queue line for the flume. Uh, so <laughs> lots of things didn't go quite right. And we weren't able to do everything that we wanted to. This year is kind of our actual opening year because okay. all the rides are operating. We were able to get the costume characters into the the mix. We also uh, published a dictionary that people can get from the gift shop that will help them decipher codes and oh. uh, and sayings that you can find throughout the park and utilize this made up language that we've created as well. So adding to those sorts of touch points on the, the experience level are in comparison much cheaper and sometimes much more impactful to certain visitors than spending $10 million on a new roller coaster. Okay. So cool. That's the plan. Okay. Awesome. So I know I, I'm on Twitter all the time and probably like my co-host, most everything on my Twitter is either theme park based or roller coaster based, whatever. I have seen a lot of people talking about either I visited Lost Island and it was so yeah. much fun or, Hey, I have a trip booked to Lost Island next week. Who's been yep. and can give me tips. Um, is the attendance this year? I mean, obviously I, I hope it's better than last year. Is it, I mean, is it noticeable when you go in the park that, you know, Hey, last year was kind of rough and you know, this is our, our real grand opening, but people are starting to come and, and they have amazing reviews. Yeah. The, response has been overwhelmingly positive which is wonderful i mean we're that's what we are in the business of doing is exceeding people's expectations our attendance numbers are have tripled but oh awesome. that's good it's good it's the metaphor that i use though is that it's right now the difference between being completely submerged in water and having your eyes above water so <laughs> We still have, when you're going from zero, going from zero to five is good, but right. we we would like to see quite a bit more because the park is built for a maximum attendance of 7,500 guests. And okay. right now our average attendance is about 400. So okay. anybody that wants to have a theme park completely to themselves should really plan on visiting <laughs> us this year. Yeah. Because... The hope is that now that the messaging has changed from last year, everyone's saying it's not ready, don't go yet, I'm going to wait until they have things figured out, to this year when the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive and I loved my experience and I can't wait to go back yeah. so that hopefully next year that translates into better for us and I guess maybe less good for the visitors of, okay, now we actually have <laughs> yeah. a crowd that people are waiting to get on the rides. Yeah, but no, for I, sure. I, I think in a way though, that's even a good thing for visitors. Cause I mean, I, this is something I've definitely said where 
you know, we kind of like it busy in a way because it, it really makes a park feel alive. Exactly. And I think that's something people can look forward to hopefully next year or even by the end of this year. Well, I was going to say Ace is having the, a big conference there next year. And yes, I definitely think I'm going to pencil that in for sure if I don't visit the park beforehand because that conference and everything looks really cool. And all the Acers, like they're they're great. The, the you know, the, the Ace, like actual representatives and also the, you know, even the um, even the membership is, is really great. And so your numbers will like everybody on social media and things like that and posting and stuff like that. I yeah. definitely think it'll, it'll explode a lot more just cause like I actually like with Kyle, like I actually have seen on my Facebook probably four or five different friends um, that are like, Hey, you just got back from, you know, lost Island and it was really cool and really awesome. And, you know, showing pictures and stuff. And I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to ch- chomp at the bit just by hearing yeah. everything and <laughs> everything like that. Like I want to go to Iowa. Like I want to like, same, you know, same thing like, that happened with me. Obviously that's how I found yeah. your Twitter. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost like, like in a way it's kind of like, it, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like, it seems like America ish and I could be, it's just my opinion, but it, it almost feels like when a new brand new park opens up like for instance um what, what was it um american dream mall in mm-hmm. new jersey and stuff very very flat level of attendance and then like you know a year after or so then it starts to pick up and starts to pick up steam and things like that it's just word of mouth you know everything like i went yeah. there and it was completely dead but then i've seen pictures of them and like it's starting to get a little busier there and they're starting yeah. to do a little things like there but like it's good you know it's good to see and it's it's interesting it's like you guys are the new like version of holiday world per se but like obviously more more, more midwest <laughs> you know and obviously crazy theming compared to <laughs> compared to what they have and stuff so i'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. yeah a park in the middle of nowhere that's really trying to build something special yeah yeah for sure you got it sweet all right so next up we have one more kind of lost island specific question and then everything else is uh kind of geared to you but not expecting that this is you know confirmation or anything but if you could sit back and look at all the coaster and ride manufacturers out there and just hope and dream. Is there one particular manufacturer that you would absolutely love to work with if money wasn't a factor? Like if you know, when, when you're home at night and you're dreaming, do you, do you dream about any specific manufacturer? Well, uh, being new to the amusement industry, we, uh, (laughs) We have limited understanding of what the manufacturer relationship would be like. I can tell you that we've had challenges with most of them. So based on what I know now uh, and what I've told you already about kind of the direction that the park is going, the manufacturer that I would love to work with again is putting in another Sally Dark ride. Oh, okay. They, they, if money was no object and we could do whatever we wanted, just because they've been the best partner to work with on the ride side out of any of the others okay. that we work okay. with. Uh, coaster wise, like I said, I mean, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make anybody mad. We're still new <laughs> to the industry. I, I want to keep all of our options. Yeah, open. that's complete. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. <laughs> you love them all. <laughs> yeah. Everybody equally. Yeah. 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 Well, and to your point about the Sally Dark rides, you, 
and then also your point about kind of last year being a soft opening, I guess. The thing that I did hear all of last year was, and you're going to have to pronounce the name of the ride to me because I'm going to butcher it and I don't want it's to. It's Volcano. Volcano. The, that was like, okay, we went to Lost Island. Yeah, a couple of rides are down, but oh my God, Volcano is just like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Like yeah, universal is. level, Disney level, like beyond that. So I could see where you're coming from where Sa- you know, Sally has been like your number one. Like, yeah, these are, they know what they're doing. This is some cool stuff. Yeah, they, they did a great job. We, we had a really good time designing that ride with Drew Hunter and the rest of the Sally team. And they deserve to win both the golden ticket and the brass ring award last year for best new attraction, because it's, it it is definitely unexpected and exceeds people's expectations for a park in the Midwest. But that again, that was our aim when we asked them to help us build this particular ride. Is mm-hmm. we want something that no one else has north of Orlando, and they did. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Is it a is it a like you know shoot and score points? dark ride or okay yep okay i'm a big fan of dark rides like that and also a huge fan of flumes i know us us three mm-hmm. and a huge, a huge yeah. group of us are, are big fans of flumes so but you have both so exactly yeah. right <laughs> scored points like Ding, crazy. let's go <laughs> <clears throat> all right so this one is more specifically geared towards you and not the park uh do you have a favorite amusement or theme park that is not named lost island mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And the so the one that we drew the most inspiration from was Animal Kingdom. Okay. And oh, okay. I, I was actually that was not just what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, Animal Kingdom uh, is a park that we spent a lot of time at looking at all of the details. And uh, again, we're we're more in themed entertainment than we are mm-hmm. specifically in coasters or Mm -hmm. uh attractions even it's about theming and creating a space and so animal kingdom has that in spades uh when you go through each of the their lands the foliage changes you have different impressions in the walkways to the point where when you're in asia it looks like bikes have been riding through the mud but it's, it's all concrete uh, wow. When you're, even when you're in Dino Land, the concrete there is made to look like you're in a parking lot, and that it's a carnival setup. And while most people don't recognize those sorts of things, and it just kind of unconsciously hits their brain, for for us, we looked at every little detail in that park. I mean, you go over the bridges, and there are uh, epoxied uh, melted down candles that you know people have wow. put votives up but they're not real like they it's part of the theming and you go through the i'm blanking on the the name of the ride uh the everest yeah Expedition everest. Everest. uh so that queue line walking through there they just have hundreds and hundreds of artifacts that are all completely fabricated that people walk through and most of them never even bother to read, but it's, they're like actual articles Mm -hmm. that they have written 
from the 1800s about these yeti sightings that it's wow. completely fabricated yeah but they yeah. they just have created such a, a a totally out of this world experience in every corner of that park that it's it's just that that's where we draw the most inspiration from we tried to tried to put as much of that as we could into our park that's a great answer that's yeah <laughs> yeah that's... i was actually i was gonna say um I, I was gonna say maybe islands of adventure per se is what i was gonna guess so and the, the, they are also a real close second karsten okay. i mean okay we, okay because <laughs> that's awesome wizarding world of harry potter too i mean any oh place <laughs> that when you when you go into those locations i mean one of the major uh complaints that a lot of people around here have is well you don't have as many rides as this park or that park and it's like mm -hmm. you're right we don't we also just opened last year and <laughs> we are leaning into the type of park that you would get at Disney where if you go to galaxy's edge or islands of adventure or, uh, animal kingdom, the ride count is not very high. And right. Absolutely. The, the, uh, rule of thumb that we learned years and years and years ago before the water park even was built is that the players in Orlando spend $4 on theming for every $1 they spend on an attraction. And that's mm -hmm. something that we have really taken to heart in our developments is the, even if people don't specifically notice the impressions in the concrete or the fact that the music changes when you move from one area to the, uh, the next in the mm -hmm. park, they, they do feel it. And that, that Absolutely. whether they can describe it or not, does impact their experience and mm -hmm. they may want to come back for just because they had a great time. They can't put their finger on why. So the yeah. more of those things that you can put into the park to add to their experience, we feel like the better. That's for awesome. Sure. I'm That's actually cool. really glad that you mentioned animal kingdom because uh, I live in Orlando. I was just there today and that, that is one of my favorite parks specifically for the reason that you mentioned just because of how detailed and intricate the theming is. So that's that's actually really cool. Hmm. Not even, I mean, we didn't even talk about Pandora. That's a whole yeah. other thing on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I really need to get back to Disney. I've only, I, the only Orlando park I visited in my adult life was Universal and Islands of Adventure and, well, SeaWorld too. But I haven't experienced Disney when I actually have the eyes for all of this stuff. <laughs> so that's yeah, there's a lot to list. see. All right. To see. So, so I know you mentioned, um, you know, you're, you're new to the industry and, you know, you're more of a themed entertainment venue than, you know, rides and attractions, but do you have a favorite coaster that's not at Lost Island? Uh, so with the limited number of rides that I've been on and I, I told the drunk riders this too, I feel ashamed to come on these podcasts without <laughs> a better education of, of coasters and you know i've only got probably six coaster credits if i could remember all the rides i've been on but uh the best ride that i i have been on that i can remember in recent memory is hagrid's wild ride okay yep at, okay uh, 
Wizarding World with the six or seven launches. We yeah. were fortunate enough to go on that without it breaking down, <laughs> which is really great because the other people that we went with uh, when we were down in IAPA said, yeah, we had to ride it three times before we made it through the whole ride without having to stop. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely when you stop on that ride, it definitely takes away, if, especially if you've never ridden it or you've ridden it a few times, it takes away from the, the, the theming and the whole the whole thing. Yeah, it's so. like, yeah. You have time to like kind of exit that world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally. Well, I think you'll be happy to know that in its more recent years, uh, it's running very reliably to the point where I have not been on that ride where it's broken down in probably close to a year. Well, you better um, knock on wood. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to, to counter Kyle's point, I've ridden it once. It was back in February. We got through the whole ride. We hit the brakes at the, the final brakes where, um, Hagrid says something about like, oh, this is fluffy or whatever. The or unicorn. no, the, no, not, the not fluffy. The unicorn. Yeah. It's a, it's a mum. Um, yeah. and we, we stopped like before getting there, but the audio was playing and we sat there <laughs> for like five minutes and it was like, oh, I didn't really get to. Yeah. Uh, you, right. Oh, right. But takes the trains behind us, they got stuck. So, but we got through the whole ride. So I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a amazing engineering feat there's, I mean, there's we, so much to that right we have one launch and i cross my fingers every time i see it leave the station that it's gonna <laughs> run a second time so <laughs> i can't imagine what seven launches is like to maintain this, all this, the uh, sensors and this and that i mean yeah yeah <laughs> learning about you know how dedicated your park is to to theming and storytelling is is really incredible to hear because that's that's actually why I like Hagrid so much. You know, I, I tell people it's my favorite ride in Orlando, or at least one of them. And, you know, I always give rides the parking lot test. And that is, if you were to strip away all of this ride's theming and stick it in a parking lot, would it still be as fun? And to me, the answer on Hagrid's is no, it wouldn't. But what, you know, what makes that ride just so amazing is the the storytelling and the cue and the theming down to the details and it sounds like your park really does have a lot of that and care about that so that's that's really cool in my book i mean that that's that's incredible yeah thanks kyle mm -hmm. i agree <laughs> all right yep. so we really only have uh one more question for you and this is something we ask all of our guests when they come on the show and that is for young people who are in this hobby of themed entertainment and parks and coasters and attractions do you have any advice for someone wanting to break into the industry uh think very carefully about your decision okay <laughs> there, <laughs> there's a lot to learn so uh if you are looking to be front of house i absolutely encourage them to try to do an internship at a at a major park that has a lot of experience with that because we we've had a few people coming to us that are uh you know finishing school in hospitality and they want to come work with us and it's like you know i appreciate your enthusiasm but we also are way too new to know how to give you the tools that you need because we're just figuring it out ourselves mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of the the smaller parks would probably be in that same bucket and so getting your feet wet at a 
big facility so that you either learn what you like or don't like about a, a big park uh, because they do have so many more potential positions available. That's where I would steer them first. And then if, yes, this is what I like, but maybe I don't like the corporate uh, red tape and hierarchy and I want I want something a little bit smaller to manage then after you've made that decision then go to a smaller park and because there's always there are always openings uh, mm -hmm. and go about it that way that's that would be my advice is start big and work your way down hmm. okay sure. interesting it's we, we like Kyle said we ask that question all the time and I think all all of our guests have had different answers, but yet they all build on each other. Yeah. So that, huh. that's always that's cool to hear things. I mean, obviously we're younger people. Um, I'm I just graduated with my mechanical engineers degree. Kyle's in marketing. We're we're also kind of wanting to look at the industry as as a job venture too. So while it helps us, it's it and it's cool to hear us for us too. Um, it's also awesome for anybody in our for our listeners to really hear all this these different words of advice and build on that yeah for sure yeah i mean w would it have been nice to have a few more interested uh and experienced people join our team at the beginning so we didn't have to figure this out kind of trial by fire mm -hmm. yes and but at the same time that doesn't help young people that are trying to get into the industry because if any of you would have gotten hired at Lost Island in 2022, we would have been saying, well, Evan, you want to figure out how this launch coaster works? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, probably a discouraging. <laughs> be yeah. like, the least. Uh, we have all we have is the manual and <laughs> you just got to be like, look, dude, I don't know what I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can Peace. call you can call France and Intamin, but they're six hour time change, so we'll yeah. need you to be working from midnight until when the park closes so that you're able to talk to them first. Wow. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. That's just yeah. like that's some like pulling back the curtain just a little bit of like what parks have to go through to like you yeah. so, so the coaster goes down, you gotta wait six you know, six hours to talk you to somebody. It's not an from, immediate you know, call. Because a lot of these big boys are overseas. Right. right. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, that's why I would say go at least an established park. You, you could maybe reach out to some smaller ones, but at least make sure that it's an established park that's going to be able to give you some some experience and and good knowledge on how to be successful in the industry before wanting to be involved in something like us. <laughs> awesome sweet fair well, enough uh eric we really want to thank you again with you know from the bottom of our heart for coming on the show this has been an incredible interview and i i think i speak for all of us when i say after talking to you and, and listening to your answers i am more hyped than ever to plan a yeah. trip out to your park it sounds incredible and i yeah i wish you guys all the success in the world i know i'm gonna try to do my part to get out there and support you and and share as much as I can and, and try to persuade other people. And, and, you know, I really hope and that, buy all the merch and buy all the yeah. beer and <laughs> yeah. buy everything, buy everything. Great. That sounds awesome. 
I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys. And uh, yeah, we look forward to welcoming you to Lost Island and hope your listeners are just as excited to come visit. Yeah. Visit Lost Island. It sounds (laughs) freaking amazing. Not going to lie. Like, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Hashtag visit Lost Island 2023. Yes, right. There you go. <laughs> Influx of uh, of of a thousand people, maybe or plus whatever tomorrow. So you know, <laughs> I, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> awesome. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Rundown on Fun. Next week we'll have some interesting topics as all three of us are going to Hershey Park together this weekend for the Coaster Crew event, and we'll be talking about news. That's all I got. Yep, and just another special thanks to Eric from Lost Island. It's really awesome to hear from industry members all the time. And um, Hershey News next week in my 400th credit. Congratulations. Revenge. Evan, you're such a nerd. And I can't wait to uh, talk about that and everything. And uh, make sure you share the podcast with all your friends. We love everybody that, that does it. So, All right, that's it. Hey. Thank you for listening to The Rundown on Fun. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Cedar Fair. As always, be kind to your ride operators, and we will see you on the Midway. Good night.